Hey everybody, welcome to the PFFA podcast. My name is Kyle McLowry. I'm your host. And um, today we're going to be t- talking about the mandatory overtime policy. I'm here with a captain of uh, BHQ, JP, and uh, Vice President Rob Garrison. I don't know exactly your title with the, are you in charge of BHQ? Is that your assignment? Yes, I'm the BHQ Vice okay. President, yeah. So I'm basically an overtime idiot. So I'm just going to be here and hanging out and listen to you guys. If I have anything to jump in and, and add or add any questions to ask, I'll do so. But I kind of turn over. Do you want to start, Rob? Do you have questions to start with, or how do you want to get this going? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously there's mandatory. It's a hot topic right now. Um, everybody knows we put a policy in place about six months ago. Um, I don't think it's a secret to anybody that it's not working. Um, we didn't foresee the problems that we're going to come out of it, but they're here, and um, we're trying to make things better. Um, so I want to talk a little bit, kind of let JP explain kind of how things are going, some of what the issues are, and then maybe we'll get into talking about uh, some possible changes to the mandatory policy. Okay. So if you want to talk, Jeremy, just a little bit kind of about maybe some of your daily frustrations and, and some of the things that people don't understand about how you, what happens at BHQ when you're filling a vacancy. Yeah. So um, the, uh, the, the mandatory policy obviously isn't working. Um, it's a big frustration for me. Um, you said six months. I think we're we're a little bit over uh, three months at this point with the the mandatory policy and and its um, start time. Um, I think we're we're well over four hundred mandatories at this point. Um, it just feels like six months. Yeah, it does. Um, and those those mandatories are thought out. They're they're most of the time they're vetted pretty closely and. Um, it's not something I like doing. It's not something that Stephen likes doing. It's it takes a lot of work to get it right, um, and uh, I, I just I would rather hire people that want to work, that that want to come to work. It it does pain me to to force somebody to work, telling them that in my opinion they didn't want to work, they didn't sign up, and now now I have to take this person's day away, um, and that's a frustration for me. Um, and as we talked about, the, the current method that we're using isn't necessarily working. People can't see what they want to see to find out if they're going to be mandatory or not, um, which is a huge variable in its own. Um, you can't predict the number of sick leaves that come in overnight. Um, you can't predict that people are going to take their name off the list before they're hired. You, you, there's just no way to really accurately depict how many mandatories are going to be um, required in a day. Well, and we've, we've created some of this. So the environment that we've created right now is that there's people that are there. They want to get their mandatory out of the way. So, you know, they're not signing up for a call shift because of that. Oh, I want to create that mandatory tomorrow so that I can get that out of the way. So I don't have to worry about it. So now people aren't signing up um, on the other side of that coin. We've had, people who have looked and said, oh, I'm up for that mandatory tomorrow. Um, I'm going to clear my schedule, make sure that I get that out of the way. And then the next morning we have somebody sitting waiting for a non-counter. So that person calls up and says, hey, I'll take the Mm non-counter. So the person that thought they were going to get mandatory now isn't getting mandatory. And now they're going to be up on their next day. Right. And there's, there are a few other layers to that as well. We have members that traditionally sign up a lot. But when they sign up, they put themselves available for a mandatory. So now they're not signing up intentionally because they know they can work 
the first day before their shift, and then they go on their shift, and then the day after their shift, they're number one up for mandatory, even though they've already prevented a mandatory the day before. And um, so I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll have some changes that'll address that. Um, the other issue that we have was, is, I guess, along the same lines, um, we had a member call and request to have his call shift canceled because he was gonna be mandatory the next day. Um, he could work, perfectly fine to work the day that he worked his, or wanted to work his call shift, but he knew that he was gonna be mandatory coming up, so he canceled his call shift and ended up getting mandatory for that same call shift. Just to get it out of the way. Just to get it out of the way. Right. Um, and that's the problem is I think, as we've talked about this, is that this is disincentivizing people to volunteer because they're all trying to play that game of, hey, how can I get my mandatory out of the way? Um, people are going off on vacation. You know, they're, they're, they have plans the next day. So, uh, well, I'm not going to go to work that day because I, I don't want to get mandatory the next day. Same thing as volunteers. Well, I'm not going to sign up that day because I don't want to get mandatory on Christmas. And I know that happened last Christmas. Guys were very leery about signing up. Um, 40 hour staff used to volunteer Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, preventing mandatories preventing, on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Absolutely. And now they're like, well, I don't want to get, I don't want to sign up Friday and get mandatory for Saturday. So they're signing up on Sunday and Monday when they know their next day is a work day. So it's not their fault. They're not doing anything. Everybody else isn't doing. They're just trying to prevent themselves from getting mandatory and that's creating a problem. And we really need to create a system that will incentivize people to sign up. Yes, exactly. That's, um, that's 100% the way I feel that it, it, the direction we need to go. Um, the call volume's up, morale's low, people, the vaccination thing coming around, people don't, it, there's, it's not, people aren't excited to come to work right now. Right. And, right. Um, Correct. And so if we can fix one issue and make things a little bit better, that's, I want everybody to know that's my goal. That's Jeremy's goal. Jeremy's, you know, you have to understand that even though you, there's people getting mandatory every day, there's one guy that's making the phone calls, and that's JP. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't like making, right. for example, today there was 15 mandatory, so he had to call 15 people and tell them that they couldn't go home. So it's not good for anybody. It's a lot of work for BHQ, and we need to find a solution that is better for the members and less work for, for BHQ in general. One thing I'd like to touch on is that there is there's a lot of work going on in the background that that the membership doesn't see. We're trying to come up with more creative solutions um, to get it right. Um, we're not the only fire department that's going through this. Mm -hmm. That uh, San Diego, everybody's seen the van. I got their mandatory policy and I'm reading through it. They they do things in a very similar way that we do. Clackamas Fire has a mandatory policy. There's so we're we're doing research and trying to get it get it right. Um, and, so and to, to better benefit the, the membership, I guess. So you are looking at some other departments, uh, jurisdictions, mm -hmm. jurisdictions, policies to try and get some ideas and see if any of them are applicable to mm -hmm. what we can do? How's, has anything come from that? Uh, San Diego hires in about the same way that we have, uh, the same way that we do. They go to volunteers, then mm -hmm. they hire out of class, and then they... Um, do about the same mm -hmm. that we do. Of course, they have helicopters and other things that they can fly <laughs> yeah, around. A but, lot more cool stuff. Um, can we get helicopters? I wish. Um, I haven't had a chance to go through um, 
uh, Clackamas's, but I, right. as I understand it, some the people that have read through it, are, it's about the same. I know right. Tualatin Valley requires you to sign up for overtime. You create vacancies, you're required to fill some. Mm-hmm. So that, and I don't know, we haven't had that real discussion yet as right. far as requiring people to sign up for a certain amount of overtime shifts. Um, Do you yeah. know if there's been any serious discussions, uh, the administration of staffing at a higher level? I mean, getting some more people on the, on the line. So that's definitely a conversation that we're having. Um, I think it's pretty obvious that, you know, our hiring has slowed down over the last couple of years. Um, so the union is having those conversations with management. Um, I want people to understand that this is not unique to us. Mm-hmm. Jeremy's calling around to all of these places, getting their mandatory policies, and we're finding out they have the same issues we're having. Tualatin Valley, Clackamas, all these big departments are in the same boat we are, where they're mandatory people like they've never done before. So this problem is not unique to us. So we need to make sure that we're looking at what's working for other people and try to apply that here. I know one of the main complaints that we get every day is the, I don't have an accurate list to look at. Um, I'll let Jeremy talk about it a little bit, but uh, the bottom line is Jeremy doesn't have an accurate list to look at. Um, the people that are staffing have to do a lot of work to, to calculate this list. And I'll let Jeremy talk a little bit about how, what kind of work that takes. Um, I, uh, the other day, I, when we had, uh, it was a Saturday, I knew that staffing was going to be a mess. Um, I came in on my off day to, to help out. Um, it took me about 45 minutes to find 10 firefighters to, that were mandatory that day. 45 minutes. And so um, it, it is, it's very time consuming. And I don't know if you can come up with, I can't come up with an accurate way to um, find people that are fit in the parameters of, for the, the mandatory policy that we have right now. An easy, um, an easy, way. <laughs> accurate way. Yeah. Um, I do think that some of the fixes that are proposed will help us out. It'll help the time crunch that we are under every morning when it comes to, uh, um, the notifications that we send out in the, in the timeframes that we're, we're trying to send them out in, um, As, as far as an accurate list, um, I, I think I touched on a little bit earlier, but you, I'm not able to predict how many sick leaves are going to come in. So if, you're, if, if members want to have an accurate list and they look the night before and they're number uh, 25 on the list and there's one vacancy and then 50 people decide to call in sick, I can't predict that. And the membership can't predict that. And unfortunately, what, what I'm seeing is that it's, it's our own members that are that are creating this issue on themselves, and that um, that's really hard for me to handle. Um, it's it's very frustrating, um, right. and I understand that people aren't able to control when they're sick. They people aren't able to manage that. But I did I created a graph, and um, it's very clear on the graph that when vacation is full, sick leave spikes, mandatory spike. And there's a, it's a very, very obvious trend that we have. Um, and I don't know what the fix is for that. I don't know, I can't, I can't fix that for us. Right, because on a day-to-day basis, generally you guys have most of the vacation leaves filled the day before. But 
then overnight the sick leaves come in. So you come in at 5.30 in the morning and all of a sudden there's 12 sick leaves. Yep. You're already out of volunteers. So yep. that means you're starting out mandatory right away. Yep. And then when you do <clears throat> unscramble the list and find the right person, as soon as you hire that person, you have to start all over again because you can't just go to the next person because they may have changed places on the list. Is that correct? No, we, we usually, when we run the list in the morning for the vacancy, the mandatory, um, which is, that's the only way that you can get an accurate list is to pick the vacancy and run the list. That's and try to fill it and try to fill it. That's, that's the part that the membership isn't able to see is that in order to, for me to create an accurate list, you have to select a specific vacancy on that day. And, and that's because some people are only eligible for a partial. Some people are, are, are eligible for all. So you select a partial vacancy to see who is not excluded, somebody that's not going into a Kelly day, somebody that doesn't have vacation the next day or a trade the next day. or, um, And then once that list is created, um, I go through and select the people that aren't excluded from the list and then verify that they're coming off shift. And then I'll write that person down, go to the next person. And I'll also double check to make sure that um, they're in order. So. Um, the way that the mandatory policy is, it's number of mandatories by reverse seniority. So we try to get that right. Um, and obviously, the, from what I said earlier, that took me four hours to rebuild that firefighter list. And that list is only accurate until we mandatory one person because they go to the bottom of the list again. Um, fortunately for the firefighter list, there's 333 of them. So your likelihood of missing somebody or hiring somebody out of order, even on a day like today, um, I verified that everybody that got mandatory today was in order with the smaller lists, like um, medic officers. the medic officers and the medics, completely different story. Some of those medics, medic officers have been mandatory four times. Um, most of them had been mandatory three, two to three. The paramedics, um, Another, most of those have been mandatory three times. Um, the paramedic portion of it, I'm very hopeful that after these next few uh, weeks, we'll get some of the, the FTO or the, the mm -hmm. people that came out of station two trained up um, and we'll, we'll help to relieve of some of that. Um, Is that a class of like 10, nine or 10, something like that? 10 paramedics. All right. Um, some with experience should be done on the next blue slip. I'm nice. hopeful. Nice. Um, some a little, a little bit longer. Longer. Okay. So just to sum up the list thing, I just want people to understand that, you know, it's not like BHQ has a magic button they can push. We're working on that. I did file a grievance on it a couple of weeks ago that we need an accurate list. Uh, Jeremy's working with management. They're trying everything that they can. It takes a lot of crew sense programming. So it, I want people to understand there's not just a magic button we can push right. and make it happen. There's a lot of stuff that has to happen. And so we did have a quick conversation before we started about the crew sense and the programming. So Jeremy, I guess there's some discussions or ongoing discussions with crew sense trying to tailor the, the programming and the program to fit our needs better. Is that still true? Yes. Yep. We had a, um, I feel a very productive meeting today. Um, about an hour long with the uh, our crew sense rep, um, 
I've been asking for some assistance with this, and I finally got enough uh, attention, I guess, with their um, their management team that they uh, we had a meeting, and it, it like I said, it was about an hour long. We detailed all the issues that we're having with with the mandatory policy and what we would like to go to. Um, so we are working with CruiseSense. They are working with us um, to try to, to um, come up with a solution. So our, our rep, her, she's a dispatcher down in uh, Southern Oregon. Um, her husband's a police officer. They're having the same exact issues as we are. They recently went to a system that we would like to go to, the proposed system of hiring and reverse seniority by hours of overtime worked. Mm -hmm. And it's working for them. Oh, interesting. Um, they're a smaller group, and they have the ability, uh, the same ability that we have as members to look to see, um, you know, was this person coming off shift? Are they, and they're up ahead of me on the list? Um, is, are they having a leave? that's on the next shift or something they have that same ability i know it's a little bit more time consuming for for our membership to do that uh, because we have masked leaves and we have um, people on kelly day and those are a little bit harder to see um, but that's what they've resorted to they they can't even come up with an accurate list for themselves like right. i said smaller group you know when you're working with 50 people um, and your number 20 on the list, you can, you know, the shift schedule of the other people. So it makes it a little easier for you to predict. Mm -hmm. We, we don't have that. Um, we don't have that ability. So that's a good segue, I think, into the proposed policy changes that the eboard has been working on. Okay. Um, so I did, I did present it to the eboard today. Um, I'm going to be sending out a quick survey, a, a quick straw poll, if you will, um, on one of the questions that's in this policy, it will probably be out before this podcast, but um, I just want people to know that's where that came from. Um, so we're talking about changing. So the first thing we want to do, and no matter what we decide to do going forward, we've decided that changing from occurrences to hours is the right thing to do. Uh, okay. So, and I'll let Jeremy jump in if he wants to, but uh, right now, like he said earlier, it, crew sense is automatically tracking by occurrences instead of by seniority. So that means when he looks at that list, it's listing these people at by occurrence. And so he has to go down and move them back into the right seniority. Right. If we listed this by hours, then people's rankings would be correct. It would automatically list that by seniority. Is that correct? That is the hope. Right. I won't say right. that's correct. I'll yes. say that's the hope. <laughs> As with all things crew sense, we don't know until we push the button. Um, um, and, and a couple of observations that I've had on that. If we did buy, if we did go by hours of overtime worked, people would be more incentivized to work. I, I, tr I mandatoried somebody the other day that had been working a bunch in the beginning of the month because of childcare issues, couldn't work the other days but they had already put in their time. They had already signed up and worked to cover overtime on the weekend, but couldn't do it during the week. And I've heard that from several people that they can work on one day, but not the next day. And um, if they sign up, and I know we already touched on it, but if they sign up on this day, the day they can work, they'll be mandatory on a day that they don't have childcare. Right. 
And so going by an hours-based list, would be, members would be able to move themselves down the list and people wouldn't be afraid to sign up. They would, they would know, I just worked that 24 hours. I know that there are a bunch of people that, that are below me on the list. I know that if I sign up and work, I am not subjecting myself to another mandatory or you know, I just got done working into a 96 and today's my only day to go home to see my family and I get, I get mandatory. So what we're specifically talking about would be basically counting all call shift hours, short notice, regular call shift, holidays. So all of your hours would go into one bucket, right? And then the seniority would be ranked that way by your seniority and your hours worked. So that means that that puts the control back on you. You can watch the list as you're going, you know, and think, okay, I'm towards the top of the list and I got plane tickets next week. So I'm going to sign up for this in-house call shift at my station tomorrow and work somewhere that I want to work and I'm going to, it's going to push me back down the list. Now I've heard from members that say, listen, I don't ever want to be mandatory, but if it happens, it happens. And we have those members and that's fine. They can still watch the list and be like, okay, I know I'm getting mandatory. But if you don't want to, that puts the control back in your hands a little bit to be able to work when you want to. Correct. Yep. Yeah. And I, and I guess the, the discussion has been, well, can we have a voluntary mandatory list? But with this system, a voluntary mandatory list is just signing up. Right. Because if you don't sign up and you're down on the list, you're going to get mandatory. But if you do sign up, at certain points, you can, you can control your time that you do get mandatory or do work. Um, and that, that has to be the, the majority of the people that have talked to me and, and have concerns over the current policy. That's that has to be the number one topic is um, signing up and working and preventing all these mandatories. And then when I finally, I, I want to go home and see my family, I get mandatory. That's. Well, and I think the goal would be that we would get, we would incentivize people to sign up more often, hopefully making mandatories few and far between. Yeah. A lot of people will be signing up every day like, oh, I'm going to get that one out of the way today. And we got plenty of volunteers. And if that just trend continues, Hopefully we only have the mandatories in the summer days when, you know, vacation's full and mm -hmm. everybody's going on vacation. Mm -hmm. I, I know that one of the concerns is that people that truly don't want to work um, will be more subject to mandatories. Um, and, and that, I guess, in, sense, in a sense is true, but they also will have the ability to control that destiny and um, work a shift or two here or there. Um, like we talked about, I think Twilight Valley's 10 shifts a year you have to work. We don't have anything like that, mm -hmm. but I would think, and I'm, I'm just, I'm optimistic, Predicting. but, um, if, even if a member that didn't want to work any overtime at all, signed up maybe twice a year and worked twice a year, that would reduce mandatories. And the people that still like to work would still be working. They would still be covering those shifts. Um, um, that's right. my hope. That's. That's what I would like to see that the mandatories go away mm -hmm. and I hire people that actually want to work. Right. Rob, is there any discussion of that within the e-board of um, whatever that number is, two, like you said two, twice a year, not mandatory, but you're required to work two overtime shifts a year minimum. So, you know, that's in Tualatin Valley's contract. Mm -hmm. And I mean, again, we've looked at all these other options. I mean, we don't want to have to go there. My goal would be 
to have a system where we put it on the members and the members manage themselves and that we get to a point where we have enough volunteers to manage that. So yes, we've had those discussions. Um, you know, that would have to probably be a contract thing. I mean, we could do an MOU on it, but I really want to try this new program to see if it helps us. I mean, I think what we need to do is exhaust every idea that we possibly can to see if we can get to a place where this is fixed before we start. Because what I don't want to do is, is put these requirements on people. Now, when you say the new program, counting all over time in the same bucket, is that the... the Correct. Yeah, and there's some other, you know, a couple little other things on there. Um, did you want to talk, Jeremy, about mandatorying in the future? Uh, yeah, we can we can do that. There's one other part of that of this that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, so between we just did our reset yesterday, this morning. So between May 1st and yesterday, uh, four months, four months. Uh, a little uh, close to a third of the bureau didn't work any overtime at all. Mm -hmm. That's a third of the bureau did not work one hour of overtime. That same third of the bureau, if you count vacation days and such, probably created um, each member six vacancies. So mm -hmm. a third of the bureau times six, that's a lot of vacancies right. that other members covered. Um, the hope is that if we get some of those members to at least take a shift or two, row the boat, I've somebody mm -hmm. said recently, um, if, if we can get some of those members to step up occasionally, it'll help relieve this, this issue that we're having. Right, exactly. And this gives them the ability, the ability to do it when they want and when it's convenient for them instead of having to wait for that day when you can't be prepared for it. And so, I mean, I, I think it's something we have to try. So even with this policy, we never predicted all of these outcomes, right? Nobody thought that when, I mean, the e-board looked at this for a year, this policy went back and forth. Nobody thought we were gonna end up with all the problems that we ended up with. So until we try something, we can't know. But I think by, I think what we know right now is we know a lot of what's not working. Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. we can fix some of these and there may be some tweaks that need to happen to this down the road. It would be a six month trial um, it would be between now and the next zeroing to see if this is a better program for us. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we talked about was being able to mandatory in the future. This is, there's been some different opinions on this. Um, one opinion is, hey, if, if you can mandatory somebody two or three days out, then at least they can make plans. They can make arrangements to be like, hey, Kyle, you're mandatory on Friday and you can make call and make those arrangements. The problem right now is it's the morning of. We, we have these members who all have childcare issues and at 7.30 you call them up and be like, hey, hope you can find a babysitter because you're not going home. And so we're trying to figure out ways of making this better. Nobody likes being mandatory, but everybody likes to be able to plan. Yeah, um, so one of the proposals was, uh, what, what I would like to see would be a, a 72 hour mandatory able to mandatory 72 hours in the future and what that would do would it would accomplish a few things we could try to get the weekends covered so that everybody could predict okay i'm working on saturday um, i don't really want to work on saturday hey i can find a trade i can, gives you more time i can get somebody to work i can find somebody else to do that um, that i think would be a big benefit to the membership whereas now Saturday comes, you're coming off shift. Hey, guess what? You're working Saturday. It's, it's about the same. 
it's about the well, it's not the same. I guess it, you would you would be able to prepare for it. Right. Um, so a couple of the, the topics that have come up around this are, well, what if somebody else signs up um, after you get mandatory? After I get mandatoried. Well, there are a couple of solutions for that. We're always going to have more leaves. More leaves will come in. Um, what I would suggest is that we would run the hire list. If we had more vacancies, that person that signed up for the short notice would, would take that short notice or regular away. Um, on the morning of, if we had people on the list, we would offer to the last person mandatoried um, to see, do you want to work? Because I know you've already made plans. I know you've already found childcare. I know you've already made accommodations. Maybe you, you want to work. Maybe you're- Get the mandatory out of the way. You're getting it done. I'm sure there could be a person here or there that wouldn't want it. I, I, um, I guess we'll just have to see how that goes. Well, and that's the way I, I wrote it up. The proposal was, you know, BHQ will call that mandatory member and give them the option. Hey, do you want this? If not, I have a volunteer. And they, they may say, no, I made plans. Or they may be like, okay, great. Yeah, send them on over. I'm out of here. Well, <laughs> and the members can work that out themselves as well. If I sure. sign up to work and, I, and I'm not going to get a call shift, um, I can talk to another member. Hey, do you want that call back or not? I or that mandatory or not, I'm willing to work. And then those people can work it out as a trade or whatever, and, and the trade can be done on a day that better suits them. I, um, right, but you need a couple of days time to make those arrangements. Trying to yep. do all of that on it, you know, within an hour's notice in the morning is When I get feasible. mandatory at 6.45 in the morning, trying to find somebody to cover a trade or help you out when, when you just found out you're getting mandatory. Um, it doesn't give people enough time. It's tough. And I, I would say that these scenarios, this situation would be after text messages have been sent out, after we've begged and pleaded for people to work, after we've said, we're going into mandatory mode, please sign up. And there's a, there's a few other, um, I would call them maybe cleanup items that are in the proposal, and I don't want to get too deep into the weeds here, but I think in general those, those changes, I think, would have the biggest impact on people. Yes. Okay. So what's the process for this new program you're talking about? There's been discussions clearly between Local 43 and the administration. Is this pr proposal a formalized proposal that's going to go across? Is, I mean, how... What's the timeline or what, what's happening? So, yeah, so there- Give me the deets. So the, main, so the main topic of whether or not people want to switch to an all hours based system is the question that's going to be going out in the survey. Okay. That's what we want to know. That's the biggest, I think, impact, if you will, to everybody. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to send out a quick straw poll, 72 hours at the end of that straw poll, if the results come back that most people are in favor of it, um, I'll get it approved through the e-board and okay. then I'll present it to management. Okay. Great, so I think we've got a good amount of information out. Um, before we wrap it up, is there any additional just things we maybe forgot or anything else that would be important to get out to the membership? This is a hopefully a good opportunity to, to com communicate with a wide a wide number of the members. Uh, actually, I do have a, well, just a couple things. Okay. Um, so first of all, if anybody has any questions, please feel free to reach out, text me, call me. Um, you know, BHQ is busy in the morning. If people have questions, Call BHQ. If they don't answer the phone, they'll try and call you back. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you know, they have busy times of the day. 
The other complaint that I've heard is that there's been some mistakes on the weekends mm -hmm. and I've heard firefighters say, well, I'm afraid to call a deputy chief. Well, I don't want you to be, I don't want anybody to be afraid to call a deputy chief. The deputy chief is doing the staffing on the weekends and they're not trying to screw anything up and they're not trying, you know, I don't want people to be intimidated. Feel free to call a deputy chief and ask them a question. Mm -hmm. Now, again, they're busy. If you have to leave a message, call them back. Mm -hmm. But I've heard people that said, I didn't call because it's not appropriate for me to reach, reach out to a deputy chief. Well, <laughs> The deputy chief's doing the staffing, so right. that's an appropriate time when it's okay to call the deputy chief. And they also don't do it every day, so they might, you know, they might make exactly. a mistake that JP won't make, you know. Correct. I, that's no, I was, no disrespect, but yeah. Yeah, no, and, and that's the thing. It's like I was talking about Jeremy's doing this every single day, and it's even a nightmare for him. And right. so then you have somebody that has to do it once every other week or once a weekend, and it's not their fault. They're trying as hard as they can. They're yeah. not intentionally making mistakes. Right. JP, anything you want to wrap up with I guess in in conclusion for me I um, I fought to get this position I um, I put a lot of time into um, preparing for the interview for this position because I care about the membership I truly do care that um, about the 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 feelings the the job the um, morale the morale and um, I'm doing everything that I can. I, I just want everybody to know that I'm doing everything that I can, and we at Battalion Headquarters are doing everything that we can to, to try to help solve these problems in, in ways that are mutually beneficial to the, the members. Um, I do realize that morale's down, and, and one of the, this is one of the issues um, mm -hmm. and unfortunately I, I have s limited control over it. I, I wish that I could come up with a way to get our membership to be willing to work. And mm -hmm. I understand people are tired and that's what it comes down to. People are just tired. And I know that administration sees that and they're working on things on their end. Um, but I know it's not as transparent as, um, as people would like it to be, mm -hmm. to know that um, the administration sees the frustration and understands the frustration. Um, but I just, I, I really want to relay that message to to people that this is this is a, a very frustrating thing for me um, personally. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I take it home, and my wife still loves me, and my kids still do. So that's good. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, uh, that's a win. Yeah. And, that, and that's important. That is, we're not just, we're trying to make this better for all of our members and including BHQ. Right. I mean, if we can make BHQ's life easier and make other people's lives easier at the same time, that's a, that's a win-win. Right. Thank you both so much. And uh, like Rob said, if you have questions, you can give him a call. And I guess JP, when he's not working on staffing, he's probably available as well to field questions as needed. Yeah. So. Phone call, email works great. Everybody by now I think has my work cell phone number feel free to text me i um when i'm staffing at night trying to get things situated in the morning i uh, for the morning i send out my my work cell phone to have people text me so that i can get people that want to work into those positions and it seems to be working out pretty well doing that so um just trying to keep open lines of communication great thanks thanks for having me